0: I'm delighted to start our new podcast series, which is called It's the Podcast Super, and I'd like to welcome my first guest, Duncan Foster, the Managing Director of Choices Health Bucks. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Duncan. No today. Today's topic is very much about health and well-being, and interestingly, work-related ill health costs this country a fortune in 2016 1.3 million workers suffered from work related ill health and that number moved up to 1.7 million in 2020-21 of that number about half are related to stress depression and anxiety but about a third are related to physical musculoskeletal issues And considering that impact on the British workforce, I thought it was a really good opportunity to bring Duncan in today, to discuss how physical health is just as important as mental health in looking after your workforce. So welcome, and those numbers are pretty staggering. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think um, the the modern, I suppose the modern working environment is very different to the traditional working environment, it tends to be processed food, sat at a desk, um, very sedentary lifestyle, and that, you know, you see lots of people, you, you find if you look around, everyone's kind of got rounded shoulders from being hunched over a laptop, and it does, it does affect people, it, it leads to things like, you know, chronic back
0: pain and stuff, which then makes it very difficult to do, um, it's, to do those jobs, yeah. It's scary as well, I think from, from my point of view, I was thinking about that whole part of the damage that's doing to us, we spend huge amounts of our time sitting at a desk. Absolutely. And that must cause a great deal of uh, health issues long term for for everybody. Absolutely, and I think,
1: you know, there was a a time when, obviously it had health issues of its own, but there were a time when people were down in mines and in pits and working on farms and things, and you just didn't need to worry about... Physical exercise because you spent all day doing it anyway. You had natural strength. You you were burning calories probably quicker than you could get them into you. It was um, you know traditionally humans were worried about getting calories in. Now it's um, it's trying to stop too many going in yeah. um, and trying to get that physical exercise um, along with it.
0: Absolutely, and the only thing I think from my point of view is over the last couple of years, particularly with the COVID situation we've experienced a very significant focus on mental health that's become really apparent over the last few years where it was growing momentum previously you could see that businesses were thinking about their employees mental health but that's suddenly taken center stage over the last two years or more. do you think that's had an impact on people's physical well-being has that sort of taken away people's focus from the fact that they also need to do physical exercise uh, whether it's taken focus away, I'm not
1: sure. I know the um, the stats produced by UK Active certainly show that we have become far more inactive due to lockdown. It's you know, I think the first lockdown certainly I did. There were lots of people who were doing lots of exercise at home because you think it's great. I've got a t- I've got the time to do it. But the novelty of sort of jumping around with Joe Wicks in your living room does, does wear off, um, and I think. Certainly the the 2021 lockdown, the the one at the beginning of the year, you know, it was January, the weather was terrible. People didn't want to go out running and and doing those things. So so we've definitely seen people become more inactive. Um, Something that's really sad is that's been especially um, problematic in children. Because children are out running around playgrounds, um, running around parks, and things like that, and they, you know, the first lockdown parks were shut completely, Mm. play areas and things, and they they weren't in the playground running with their friends. So, yeah, that's we we've definitely seen people become more inactive Mm. um, during lockdown. In terms of mental health, there's been too much of a focus on mental health. Oh, not too much of a focus, or or a drawing focus. Mm. I think the two subjects are, are, are intrinsically linked. Mm. It's, it's almost impossible to have one without the other. Yeah. Um, I think physical exercise is such a boost to your mental health. Number one, um, uh, the, the physical process of it releasing endorphins and making you feel good. Um, but number two is that sense of personal pride. It's that sense of, um, you know, you know what it's like if you if you're feeling a bit heavy after Christmas and then yes, <laughs> you do a bit of you do a bit of exercise and watch your diet in January. You, you know, maybe you get to spring and you're, you look in the mirror and you think, oh yeah, I feel much better and I feel like I'm looking better. It gives you that boost, you know. And there's also there's also lots of lots of other bits to it. So for example, you tend to sleep a lot better if you're exercising regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, it tends to reduce stress. It tends to do all these other things that that are linked yeah. to poor mental health. So I think, no, a focus on mental health is absolutely fantastic for physical health because yeah. one of the ways the NHS will advise you to, to look after your mental health is go and get some exercise, go yeah. and do something. It's a gym is a fantastic place to start. Yeah. Um, you know everyone will say you would say that no. but it is because it's full of people who can give you advice and help and get you started on that journey it's also much more fun going to a gym uh, when like today it was minus three this morning yeah. if you need to exercise before work you can go to a nice warm gym and do it rather than freezing your uh, whatever off yeah. on the streets um, but it's also important to point out you, you don't have to do that if you know if you the barrier to physical exercise is very small. Um, mm. You know, most people who are able, if you can just buy a pair of running shoes from Decathlon for, I think their basic pair is about 13 quid, Wow. And that is the only barrier. £13, you could buy a pair of shoes, and you could start as slowly as you want and start trudging around the
0: pavement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going back to the, the effect of the last couple of years, one of the topics we regularly come across currently is... is how the workforce is going to change, the work life will change with hybrid working, working from home. That alone, in my head, the just walking from a station or from your car park to get to the office. I guess now people are literally getting out of bed, having a shower, and walking across a landing to yep. go to work. So you're not even getting really low levels of exercising. Well, what? Again, to go back to
1: to UK Active, what UK Active pointed out is that the city centre gyms have have really been struggling. So It's it's not something that's affected our company as much because we aren't city centre gyms, but the city centre gyms where people go into the office Mm. um, are experiencing a real drop in footfall. And that's, I think, you know, we are creatures of habit. If you, you get the training, you go to work on the way back, you stop at the gym near the station, you have a quick half an hour, 40 minute workout, and you jump back on the tube and go home. If you take out that tube journey, that going near the gym, mm. it's it's very easy to skip that out. What, what most of us, there, there are some people who are kind of fitness mad, and they love it, and they love the bird and they love the pain. But most of us, we actually, mm. We we do it because we know the benefits of it, yeah. and what people don't like doing is things that are really hard. <laughs> yeah. um, and and you know if you are exercising, if you are running, you're going to be out of breath. You're going to be sweaty. You know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna hurt, especially the first couple of times you do it. So if you put any barrier in front of people to that, it's it's very easy for us as human beings to go. Oh, I can't do it then because um, they've made it harder for me to do it.
0: And that, um, I guess that that's also the habit. Yeah, part of it is if you're used to a routine where three days a week I go to the gym after work, and you're no longer working near that gym and you're at home, you soon lose that simple
1: behavior. Absolutely, and the habit is the hard bit to start. Yeah. it's very easy if you um, if you work from home. Think, do you know what? I'm not going going to the gym. But well, I'll um, I'll do some stuff at home. I'll, I'll do this. I'll go for a run. But you end up. It, one of the hardest bits is if you plunk yourself on the sofa in the evening after work, it's very difficult to move from it. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's so I think there are people struggling because they were had fitness in their routine before they got to that sofa in the evening. Now people are spending the day on the sofa with a laptop on the lap. So I think there are definitely health challenges yeah. that, that we're going to face. Um, and, and again, going back to the mental health element, I think employers are going to have to be really wary of, of employees um, becoming sedentary, becoming miserable, becoming um, disillusioned with the yeah. whole work-from-home process, becoming lonely, you know, uh, all these different things which will really start to, to bring
0: you down. Yeah, I so saw a statistic that said that one in four people in 2019 were deemed inactive physically which yep. is a huge percentage of the population and that's as you say has a massive detrimental effects i'm really pleased you mentioned companies because obviously part of what we want to talk about is what businesses and employers can do to help their staff so i'm aware of things like corporate gym memberships and i'm sure yep. you as an organization will offer them how how do, are they things you see, as, uh, as a business, that organisations do readily want to take up to promote fitness for businesses. Is that something that you're very conscious of?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Businesses want to do it. Um, I think some businesses see it as a barrier or are worried about a cost. You know, let's not forget, in terms of businesses, my industry especially, but hospitality and, yeah. uh, and a multitude of others, um, have had the the floor pulled from beneath them over the last couple yeah. of years. So. If you said to them, you need to look after your workforce, um, they're thinking, oh, basically, what's it going to cost me? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to say a corporate gym membership can cost you nothing. And in most cases will cost you nothing because you can just walk into your local gym mm. and say, our number is five to start. We well, I've got five people who want to join together from this company and, and we will offer you a discount. Yeah. So the company doesn't have to pay it they just have to declare, show that they work for that company, and then they will be offered a discount to join that scheme. So right. simply put, you can look after your employees by having a conversation with your local gym, set up a discounted rate, and then simply push it to your employees. It costs you nothing. And right. you can you can say to your
0: staff, we have a corporate gym membership for you. This is something we've got. Uh, it, well, again, that tax will, takes away things like tax issues or anything of benefits. And so it's literally, that removes that, barrier to entry, Everything, as long yeah. as you've got five colleagues who wants to do this.
1: You, you want can, to do it, yeah. yeah. And the other thing, I suppose, is we're seeing a real employee's marketplace at the moment yeah. in, terms of, in terms of jobs. It's a real struggle to recruit and recruit well. And what we're having to do is, um, as employers is find ways to say, come and work for us rather than go and work for them. Yeah. So if you can say to people, we offer a discounted gym membership scheme, it may tip the balance and um, to some people who think yeah great that really works for me that's a little bit extra a bit more bang for my buck yeah. now you can do other stuff there are um, if you want to um, if you want to make it cheaper still you can ask that the gym sells you memberships directly um, because in most cases you'd be able to claim back back on that and then you can pass the net cost onto your employees in payroll there's a little bit of work to that not cost, there's just a bit of work involved. And then you can, if you really want to, um, really want to push uh, a wellness agenda, um, you can do it by either going direct to your local gym and buying memberships directly for your employees. And if you are buying a big book and you're guaranteeing pay for them, they will generally give you a a good discount on that. But secondly, there are also schemes, Um, there's one called Gym Pass, um, where you um, you pay, you subsidize quite heavily um, a gym pass membership for your employees. I think it ends up being about £10 a month to the employee, but rather than being um, just a gym membership, you can use your passes to go to the gym, you could use it to go and play tennis at a local club, and you can mm-hmm. use it. It's like a multi-sport and that's all based around kind of activity. Wow. Um, so there are lots and lots of things out there and I think there will come a time when in some ways, I suppose it's like the, the green, green agenda, becoming yeah. carbon neutral and things, where there, where there really won't be an excuse yeah. um, to not be looking
0: after your employees or you'll just find that everyone else is and, mm. and you're struggling to recruit good people. But again, it's that whole sense of it's not just a one route and the idea that you can have a pass that you can use for different sporting activities is fabulous. And I guess there's also things to think about like cycle to work schemes and the fact that you can get um, buy bikes and things through a, a tax scheme for the business, and the business can fund or part fund that for you, which will also encourage people. Because I guess, again, people not cycling to work, that's a big thing a lot of people used to do. Who used to do it, yeah. yeah. I think um,
1: participation is the main thing. If you can participate in some form of sport or physical exercise, there are local... Like, I've just started playing a, a dance v. dance football group every couple of weeks. Um, there are lots of things out there that you can go and just get involved in something, which means that you're running around and um, it's as simple as that. Um, so the, the gym is great. You know, obviously i want to push people towards gym membership because it's what I do, but I also accept it's not for everyone. And getting active is far more important. And, you know, in a cynical way, in a business point of view for me, the more people interested in physical exercise, the more people who slowly drifting into the gym. But it's that participation activity that's really important for employers and
0: employees. Thanks for reminding me of the end of my football incorrect, <laughs> which is very, very painful and ended up in A&E for an evening, but we won't go into that. One of the things, I guess, from a business point of view that you could also, I guess, worry about is where this offering these schemes borders on? Are we interfering with people's uh, lifestyle? Are we are we suggesting that someone maybe needs to look after themselves a bit better if we are offering such schemes to employees? Do you ever come across any sort of resistance to that where people feel they're offended if a business suggests that they do some physical exercise? I think it's... It's very much in the delivery from the
1: employer if you're you know if you're <laughs> if you're walking around the office going oh i think you might need to get in the gym then absolutely i think <laughs> you should you have the right to be offended <laughs> and feel um like your life has been interfered with but i think no if you're offering someone the opportunity to do something at a discounted rate um and encouraging showing benefits and things like that but you, you don't have to prescribe it to someone you yeah. know you, you simply if you can help educate and offer a way of doing that, then people have the choice to take that up or not. And there will be some people who will absolutely jump at it. And there will be others that won't. They, they'll be yeah. more tentative. They might, but what you might find is that they go for it in five years, you know, that, that yeah. slowly, because obviously there's, there's such a big health agenda in the media, in the news, slowly this message gets through, maybe in five years time, I think wow, isn't it great that we've had this
0: opportunity, why haven't I taken it up? I guess a lot of the challenge for you and organisations like yours is then working with the businesses to help, if you like, the managers get that message across around wellbeing and, and, and really stressing the benefits to the workforce of doing exercise or activities and really having that sort of physical agenda being a key part of people's life.
1: Well, uh, going back to the corporate gym membership, something that we do um, for people who set up a corporate gym membership with us is we'll go and do an on-site day there. So we'll go and um, set up somewhere and offer anything from general information to um, blood pressure and BMI checks for anyone, you know, general health MOTs, um, you know, fitness consultations and things like that. Actually, just go onto the site, and we don't charge the company for doing it.
0: Well, what's the uptake, my contacts Is that quite popular
1: with employees, or yeah, employers, employees. with employees? Um, oh, I don't know how do you define popular. I think you'll probably find that you'll get, um, maybe depending on the size of the company, kind of ten percent of people who will wander down. You you have, you have to appreciate that health is also a very personal yeah. thing. And actually, some people think, yeah, this is great having um, someone come into my workplace and um, have a look at my blood pressure for me. You know, that's really saving the trips to doctors. Other people, the idea that they say to their colleagues, I'm going to get my blood pressure checked, and then they come upstairs and their colleagues will probably go, oh, is it all right? Is a nightmare for yeah. them. So it's it's not, again, it's not to push it. Yes. It's just to say, look, we've arranged this
0: for you. If you'd like to get involved, you yeah. know, please book in and do it. And I guess, again, it's part of the education process of, how do we present this sort of opportunity to employees that they realise it's not, you know, we're not trying to embarrass people or put people into an awkward situation. It's the the communication and how we deal with that to try and get higher and higher levels of participation into that activity so at least they start the journey. Exactly. It's all about education. It's not
1: about pushing people into doing things. I think people who are pushed into doing things tend to just
0: really... uh, Really kick back. Yeah, and and I guess anything like that, when it's prescribed, it's hard. People will resist. They feel like that. I suppose part of it is also the more people who begin to participate, the less the sort of stigmas attached, the more it becomes a normal part of an organization. So people want to join or want to become part. So even some of those people who are perhaps a little more resistant to that sort of group participation. Start to realize that actually it can be a good way to build relationships with colleagues, it's enjoyable. You know, you might start getting some internal competitions and things like that where there's a bit of fun being had in the office.
1: Yeah, and there's so much technology out there. If you do want to get involved in, in office competitions and things like that, it's, it's it's really easy to do. Um, you know, you can provide data and things. We see you I can't remember, it's something like you're four times more likely to stick with an exercise habit if you do it with your, with a friend, Yeah, you know, if you're going together. Um, so that tends to be a very common way of keeping yourself motivated because you're kind of bouncing off each other a bit. Um, and there, there are also some people who the idea of their friends seeing them sweaty and working <laughs> hard and things is a nightmare to them. So, so it's a very personal thing. They are headphones in. Um, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm focused on what I'm doing. Mm. There's no right and wrong approach. It's, it's all about finding what's good for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess on a slightly less physical exertion basis, there's also the opportunity I know of people and organisations who maybe be around something far more sedentary. So perhaps walking at lunchtime, I'm aware of, one of the guys I know across the, 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 in the business village here, who regularly will take an hour out at lunchtime simply to go for a long walk. Yes, that's, that's, I guess that's those that's sort it. of things yeah. can really help in, in that regard as well. Absolutely, I think
1: I think the more things you can set up, but we encourage your staff to set up. You know, this you will if you're a company of a certain size, you will very likely have someone who's a keen runner in yeah. your in your group ask them, you know, would you be interested in setting up a work running club? Now they might not, (laughs) but they might really want to do that. Um, And likewise, yeah, if you, if you are someone who thinks there's maybe the the boss of the company and you think, well, I'm not really a runner, but I do really like walking, you know, if if you can say to some employees, you know, we'll we'll arrange a walking club once a week and that's fantastic.
0: It's all about lowering barriers. Yeah. And just to start that again, once people make the step, I, I'm aware from my experience. And it's that 60 day thing as well. If you can do something consistently for 60 days, it becomes a habit. So once you start to put it into your routine and it becomes normal, it's much easier for you to just, it's a routine, isn't it?
1: So something that I'm a big believer in is you, you quite often get someone come to the gym and they join up and they say that they've never been to a gym before. And they say, I'm going to come five times a week, or I'm going to come every day. And I say to them, no, don't plan for that, <laughs> because if you plan to come five times a week and say three weeks in you, you mm-hmm. you're busy and you come four times, then immediately you're you're feeling like oh, I'm failing at this already, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not managing to kick that habit in. Actually, what you've done is gone from doing no exercise to doing exercise four times a week. You know, so it's, actually that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. But the way our brains work as humans, it doesn't feel like that. I would say to people just aim to come twice a week, you know, aim to come twice a week and then if you're able to and you can come three or four times a week or, you know, maybe five in a week, um, then you finish the week thinking, wow, absolutely smashed my target there, I'm great at this, rather than that that negative mindset, so it's again, it's about setting yourself a, a really achievable benchmark, you know, can I go for a walk on a Monday? And a jog on a Friday as an opening gambit to get you uh,
0: to get you moving. The mind is the most powerful part of this. Is just making sure it becomes uh, accepted, normal, positive, as you said. Totally agree with the idea of don't set impossible goals that yeah. you're going to suddenly start failing at because you'll then view yourself as a failure if you set yourself easy goals. And maybe a progression, I guess, also is maybe start very easily that you're giving yourself the target and say, right, I'm going to do this. And maybe the commitment is more about, I will be doing this in six months' time, and I'll start by going to the gym once a week. yeah. And then gradually, as you start seeing the value of that and you're doing it and it's a regular thing, you can then increase it during that
1: period. Absolutely, the, the biggest change, the hardest change, is to go from doing nothing to doing something, to put it as simply as possible. Yeah, um it is. If you're, if you're doing nothing, it's really hard to just start doing something yeah. and just start having a one, you know, a wander out once a week, or
0: and and particularly things like this. I find, personally, this time of year, I'm I uh, cycle, and yeah. you you wake up and it's freezing or it's pouring down and it's miserable, and the chip on your shoulder just goes, yeah, it's just staying there. It's really warm and nice, and it's it's much better. You don't need to go and get wet and dirty. So that mindset piece is probably one of the biggest things that everybody needs to to overcome. To make sure they stop putting themselves in the absolutely.
1: Process. But so how how much longer does it take you to cycle to work than drive
0: to work? It's not much longer at all. It's just carrying bags. Because <laughs> <laughs> because I mean I think you I think you know spend that time on an exercise bike in a the gym
1: then or buy yeah. one for your house if you know if you're missing out on that cycling yeah. you can still put that time in yeah. with a bike in your garage. Yeah. If, um, it's it's again but that it's what you're talking about with the barrier isn't it? You know, yeah. If you wake up and it's miserable, well you know, can I do this? Well you can. And I think the thing to point out as well is, this, is that anyone can do it, can yeah. do something. I mean it's an extreme example, but if you look at the Paralympics, you look at um, people who face real adversity, yeah. and not only do they do something, they become the best in the world at it. I think the um, guy playing table tennis with the, oh. like the bat in his um, mouth and throwing it up with his foot mm. and things like that and you know not only is he doing it is he able to do it at all he would he, he would beat you at a game Absolutely. of table tennis yeah yeah you I know think, so i think you know anyone can do it
0: um yeah and i think it's also maybe that positiveness of remembering how good it does feel when you've done it so the times you get out in a cold this day and you go when you get back you feel fantastic yeah I guess One of the things I also wanted to ask you about is what 2022 looks like for you, so for your business, for your organisation, for your teams and, and what you're looking forward to, what you see ahead, uh, hopefully, at the end of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, it's that normality, at least a level of normality, that, that we need to get back to for, for our industry. We, we can't continue to work in an open, shut, open, shut, open, yeah. shut. Um, the good news is it looks like we're not going to have to, it looks like we're um, on the way out of this and, mm. and hopefully the powers that be have, have learned some lessons from it that will, um, that will help make it easier in the future. Um, um, maybe they could have a, a party to celebrate doing that learning, well, I don't know. That's possibly um, the <laughs> only thing going do. we to see. Um, but, I think there are lots and lots of challenges um, coming in the year. I think the good news is, if we can have a good quarter one, we'll, we're going to get back to something like pre-pandemic levels um, of business. Um, it, you know, it has taken that long, um, but there are there are things things coming down the line which will be challenging. And um, obviously, in April, the the tax rises that come coming for businesses. Um, I know certainly for me, and there must be other people out there, it was a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow because it feels a little bit like the people that were shut are now paying the bill for the support to the people that were shut. But mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to be political on, uh, you on your podcast. <laughs> as political <you> as <laughs> wish. Um, and there's a lot of market uncertainty around. Yeah. And and I think um, most businesses need that to settle down now. Yeah. Um, things like the energy price rises now. Luckily, we we were advised by a broker to, to get energy contracts um, uh, in the first lockdown when the prices all tumbled. So we, we secured all our energy contracts for three years from September 2021, which turns out he was absolutely right. But we've got one gas contract, which is, which is out and at the moment, which is going to be out next year. And if we were to renew it now, it would be four times the, right. the price. And considering our gas bill is a thousand pounds a month at that site, it's a huge rise. And there's, you know, there's going to be businesses that are factories or or whatever who use much more than we do or or use the same level. So that's going to be a real problem for. So there are a lot of these, um, and there's there's, there's lots of inflation bits as well. And, you know, a wage is going to rise to match the inflation that we're seeing. So, you know, companies are paying people more, but then prices are going to have to go up. And it's just seeing all that settle down, I think, a little bit. Brexit's obviously been masked by um, by the pandemic mm. a little bit as well doesn't really affect us apart from we're buying you know things that we buy more expensive yeah. we buy gym kit there's a much bigger lead time mm. I think gym kit generally was a 12 week lead time before we're looking at you know six to nine months on gym kit right. now for, for big pieces so something breaks yeah you yeah. know yeah exactly and and people I think people's understanding you know the general public's understanding or, or tolerance of some of these things is waning. Bit. So, so, <laughs> in summary, that sounds all very negative. I think there are challenges coming up in 2022. However, the positive is there's been a real appetite to get back into gyms and to yeah. get back into health and fitness. But um, since April 2021, um, we've you know we've really seen people coming in in droves. We've also seen people who started to maybe run it in the first lockdown and stuff, who are now in the winter saying, "Oh, it's cold. I need to get in yeah. so a gym and do it." On um, I think you know it's taken a long time to start recovering from from the pandemic and lockdowns, but the good news is we are recovering. You know there is that appetite yeah. out there in the marketplace, and our sector is growing still, um, and the participation is growing, um, and you know we're getting back to those levels. So
0: yeah, I think you know, there's I think it's a great opportunity for everybody to embrace the importance of physical exercise, and I think certainly from our point of view for this year, whilst we're dealing with the challenges and the real opportunities presented by a changing work culture, a big part of it has to be making sure that businesses absolutely recognise the value of physical exercise and health of their employees that fits into their mental wellbeing and really, I think most people realise they're connected but it's getting that message across so that people do embrace this and hopefully when we're in a more normal environment that they will. Take the opportunities presented by physical exercise and start really enjoying that again. Yeah, and I think um, I
1: think the last couple of years has brought health into a stark oh. focus, um, and you know one of the things that our industry has been keen to push has been um, you were less likely to become ill if you were physically fit and in good yeah. shape. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm not actually sure of the, the latest figures on COVID survival rates with Omicron and all of that. But, you know, obviously it was in the high 90s and it is in the high 90s with survival rates. If I look down at the other diseases, which I made a, a quick list of um, before I came in, coronary heart disease and stroke, type 2 diabetes, bowel cancer, breast cancer, um, osteoporosis, arthritis, um, hip fractures, falls amongst older people. Stress, depression, dementia—the list is actually fairly exhaustive. Of if you don't look after yourself, the conditions that you can um, succumb to that are extremely serious and and certainly you know have have survival rates a lot lower than, yeah. than COVID. So whilst COVID has brought that into focus, it's very important for people to understand actually that you know there are some really serious conditions out there that if you don't look after yourself, you might fall victim to. And I think as employers, and I imagine if you're an employer who is listening to a, a podcast about um, how to be a good employer, about HR in the workplace and things like that, then you care about your people. So if you care about your people, then, then do something to look after them if you can.
0: Yeah, I was reading something horrendously scary the other day which was office workers spending eight hours a day sitting at their desks are up to 60 percent more likely to die early from diseases such as cancer or heart disease and or any one of the combination of conditions that you mentioned earlier oh it's horrifying isn't it to think you know that um
1: and I think as an employer, you. I uh, suppose, suppose our industry, we don't really have people sat at their desks. We, you we know, we're in an active industry. So, but as an employer, I think you, you don't want to feel part of um, part of that chain that's forcing that with um, forcing your employees into that. You know, work culture is changing. It's becoming less formal. You know, can you encourage your employees if you've got some phone calls to phone calls to make? Get your AirPods in and. Um, and have a walk around for half an hour, you yeah. know, make that phone call. You know, are there little things like that that we can do as employers to encourage our employees? No, it's fine. You don't have to, yeah. especially working from home. I think some people feel they have to be logged on 24 seven to show they're doing something, but actually can we encourage them? No, no. If you're going to speak to me on the phone, have a walk around when you're doing it, just
0: try and encourage breaking that cycle a little bit. Yeah. I think to me, one of the things I loved about the changes as a result of the pandemic were a lot of business owners seem to think that managing is about control it never has been and it never will be and this idea of presenteeism and having to be online all the time is an absolute nonsense and i think a lot of it has been debunked many managers will feel very uncomfortable with it but the value of encouraging your teams to just go out and take a break, as we said earlier, go and have a walk. Uh, take the dog out for a walk if you're working from home and you've got a dog. But just to have that change and do something physical is huge. I think if you maybe if you would ask a manager traditionally, they might say um, control is
1: something that you should have. I think probably if you ask a business owner, um, what they want is results, um, and the way to get results isn't. Uh, drive your employees down and make them do everything and micromanage them is generally to encourage and engage them and and get them happy healthy and flourishing in their job
0: absolutely i guess the message is absolutely to embrace this well-being um, wave that everyone has caught over the over the, the lockdown period but for businesses to take sharp notice of the fact that physical exercise is intrinsically linked to mental health and for everybody's well-being so where we're in an environment where we've got very high levels of absenteeism as a result of health by doing some pretty simple things by making the barriers lower it's easier to access gyms so businesses go and talk to your local gyms about the options that are available that don't have to cost the company anything if it's simply bringing the employees in and giving them a group discount that gives you that opportunity to say supporting physical activity and physical health will have huge benefits in terms of productivity um, reducing absenteeism we have a challenge from brexit with a smaller workforce in the uk so the one thing we can't afford is absenteeism we need a healthy workforce so by Encouraging and supporting physical activity, businesses will reap the rewards in lots and lots of different ways. Absolutely, and
1: you know something that we haven't even um, touched on, um, and that we don't have time to touch on, but employee engagement—yeah, so, huge. You know, it's it's it really is. It's it's part of creating that engaged workforce um, who are going to work really well for your company, produce great results for you, but also be really happy doing it and healthy. Yeah. Um, so
0: absolutely, embrace the agenda. Yeah huge well it, obviously thank you very much indeed duncan for everything you shared with us today it's been great to have you here and on our first podcast we always are going to finish each one with a simple exercise which i'm offering you a range of pieces of white paper and on each piece of paper there is a question and it's finish the sentence so duncan what have you drawn out of the hat
1: well i have to say this is a fairly horrifying one, actually, because I've got, I would tell 16-year-old me. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, um, so, uh, yeah, I feel a bit stitched up now, Anthony. Um, <laughs> Why would awesome. I tell 16-year-old me? Uh, I would tell 16-year-old me um, to be a little bit less certain about things, um, to listen and to learn, uh, and, yeah, I think that's it. To, to listen and to learn to people who know more about something than you do. There's a very, very certain and sure 16-year-old that I I knew everything about me and everything that I ever would know about me. And as you get older, you realise you know very little about you or anything else. So listen to other
0: people, listen to the experts and try and heed others' advice. Brilliant. Lovely. I didn't mean to stitch you up with that, Duncan. So to be fair, I will also take the plunge into finishing the sentence. And I know there are some horrible sentences (laughs) to finish in here, so let's see what I got. The last holiday I went on was a very long time ago. (laughs) I'm not quite sure I can remember. Um I did take a a trip to Brighton in the summer last year when one of my daughters was moving house and we spent a a week there. So that was the last holiday I went on. And did you take a break or were you just moving house? There was a break involved a a little break involved, yeah. As
1: yeah as well. we'll talk about goals for 2022 take a holiday that one of my goals year. i have
0: written a letter to self and in there is i will have taken at least a two-week holiday abroad this year there we which go is one of my targets so uh, thank you for that well thanks very much again duncan it's been great having you here today and enjoy the rest of your day and you have a successful 2022 thank you very much